Hello, and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Grunwald, a real estate agent, mother of two, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband, Jed. I hope you will join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family, because home is where it all begins. Hello everyone, it's Ashley and my friend here, Amber Collum, is joining me today. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be talking about the gospel and parenting. So I thought this would be a very relevant topic, especially since we've all been home with our kids a little longer than we're probably used to. So Amber and I have become friends through being in Bible study fellowship together. Um, and she has her own podcast called Grace Enough. So if you haven't heard that, you should definitely listen. It's awesome. Um, I was just listening to the one with Rosario Butterfield this morning, which is awesome. Um, So if you haven't listened to that, listen to it. But I just asked Amber because she is a mom, just like a lot of us who loves Jesus, loves her kids and wants to show them the gospel. And so she would probably say she's not an expert, but she has experience. And so I just want to have a conversation with her about what it looks like for her and her family raising kids to love Jesus. And so that's what our time is going to look like. I'm going to give her a lot of um, opportunity to share practically what that looks like. So we're going to jump in because I know there's going to be a lot that we want to get through. So I want to give Amber a chance just to introduce herself. And then I got I have lots of questions for you. So Amber, tell us who you are. Awesome. Well, thanks for having me, Ashley. Uh, my name is Amber Cullum. I am the host of Grace Enough podcast. And that is just a podcast designed to encourage believers that God really can use you to impact his kingdom, no matter your story. Mm -hmm. And so we post um, new episodes every Tuesday and I am a mom to three. That is my primary job. What I do most of the time, it's a 10, seven and four year old Um, and then wife to Sam. And I'm grateful that I am saved by Jesus because really I'm not very good at very many things without him. That's for sure. I hear you for sure. I am so grateful that we got to do a season of Bible study fellowship together, which was awesome. If you don't know about BSF, let us know because we'd love to get connected to it. It's been great for both of our walks with the Lord. When you think about the gospel and parenting, what does it mean to you to apply the gospel as a mom? Well, I mean, I think first of all, it's like crucial to think what is the gospel? Like, what Mm -hmm. does that even mean? Because I think in really simple terms, we can look and say, oh, it's that we believe Jesus saved us from our sin, which is 100% what I believe. But it is more than that. I mean, it is something that um, really should invade every area of our life. It shouldn't really be compartmentalized to only when we're at church or only when we are at Bible study or only when we are with those friends who like to talk about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so, and then it's also something where, you know, it gives us an eternal perspective. And so when I think about the gospel with parenting, I just think, you know, number one is it gives me an opportunity to talk to my kids all the time about what they believe. Not just, I don't have this expectation that my kids, I want my kids to believe what I believe, but the reality Mm -hmm. is at the end of the day, they do get to 
choose. At the end of their life, they get to choose. So in our home, we really try to keep a conversation going about even questions, even with my 10 year old and a seven year old. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, anything is on the table. You can bring anything to us to talk about it. And so that's one thing. And that includes for us, you know, family devotionals, um, really incorporating that in our day day-to-day life. It doesn't have to be something crazy. It could be, um, you know, you read one verse and then you just say, what do you think that means? Right. Um, and then the biggest thing for me though, is extending that grace and forgiveness to my kids that has been extended to me. And that is not always easy. And so I spend a lot of time saying, I'm sorry. It's not how I grew up. Mm-hmm. I did not grow up in a family that practice saying I'm sorry a lot. And so the gospel to me is saying, okay, I need Jesus as much as you need Jesus because I'm not perfect, neither are you, and I never will be. And so Mm -hmm. I would say those two things are really the biggest things for me. Well, I love that. And even when Rosario was talking about her um, doing devotionals on her family devotionals, and I was just thinking about that today of like, at least three, And, you know, for a while, it's like, it's too soon. It's too soon. It's not going to make sense. We're just going to be frustrated. But then I thought she's probably ready now to where we can build that in. One thing our church um, was encouraging small group leaders to do was like praying um, through like acts, adoration, confession, Thanksgiving, application. And they encouraged us to do it every day for like a couple of weeks. And we started doing it with Ellie and we've continued doing it. And it's awesome. And so I I think that it's time that we could now add in a devotional piece. I've got a really good kids theology book that I think we could do one page of, read it. Right. Yeah. She might be running circles around us, but getting dialogue going so that she knows that that's where our heart is and what we're trying to to guide and teach her to see Parker as well, even though right. he's younger. Yeah. But I mean, there are, there are a lot of easy ways to do that. And I think we definitely can overcomplicate it. I mean, there are little things like we use these things called devotional dippers and they're, it's just, you know, they're in this little can and you just pull out a little dipper and it's got like two, maybe three verses, but you know, the one we did last night focused on Jesus is cornerstone and what that means. And I mean, it then it has a little prayer on the back. It's not long. It's not fancy, but it's just normal, everyday truths about what what do we believe? Mm-hmm. And do you so, do, I mean, I would recommend those. I love that. Do you do that at the dinner table or is that bedtime before they go to what? Are, how are you incorporating that into the day? I mean, ours most of the time is at dinner, but I mean. There is no formula, I don't feel like, because right. we'll do really well at doing dinner for a while. And then sometimes I'm doing the morning while Sam's not even home because that's just what works best for our schedule. Typically with those, though, we are doing them around the dinner table. Yeah, you've got a captive audience, people that's right. all together. So it, it, it's a natural rhythm that makes sense for sure. Yeah. I love that. So yeah. you've already given us a couple of examples of how you apply the gospel to parenting, but do you have any others off the top of your head? I mean, adding in devotional on a regular rhythm to the family, saying, I'm sorry, telling your kids you need Jesus. I mean, those are all modeling the gospel and parenting. Can you think of others that you could share with us? Yeah, I mean, so you were talking about Thanksgiving and something that we do on a regular basis is we, we're pretty good about having a family meal. I mean, we do that around the dinner. We have family dinners every night, but mm-hmm. once a week we have a really intentional 
family dinner that we do to kick off our Sabbath. And we actually do practice Sabbath, um, intentional rest from all work, just to help us realize that we do have limits and mm -hmm. that God created the Sabbath so that we would commune with him. And so to kick off that Sabbath, we have a special meal where the dinner may not be that special, but we spend time like blessing our kids. Um, we do the Arionic blessing. So the Lord bless you and keep you. We sing the doxology around the table. And really, it's just a time every single Friday night where our kids know this is a safe space. And we're not just coming to eat dinner. We're really coming here to open up the conversation of did you face anything this week? And I think there is great wisdom in faiths that maintain tradition because mm -hmm. there's been a lot of research that has shown that people who have these intentional dinner conversations actually their kids remain in the faith and you know a couple of those are actually the Jewish faith and the Mormon faith and we we know the Christian faith people are leaving in droves when they get to college mm -hmm. and so one of the things they found are these intentional conversation meals where you're not just sitting down and eating and running but instead you're like, what did you encounter this week? Or how did you see Jesus in your life this week? Where did you question him? Mm -hmm. um, and so that's something else that we've done even with our young kids. And I don't want to act like it looks pretty all the time, but we've right. had some incredible conversations um, because they know every Friday night, that's what we're doing. I love that. And you did yeah. a podcast just recently, at least I I very recently about Sabbath and you'd shared that your family had started that. So if that's something anyone who's listening is thinking about or considering or not even considering, but curious about, I would listen to yeah. that podcast that you shared because I think that was helpful. And it definitely got my wheels turning just about yeah. what that could look like. And the other thought I had when I was thinking about the family devotion piece was like, Ellie is a captive audience right before bed because she's trying to drag mm -hmm. out bedtime. Oh, so yeah. She's, she's very <laughs> manipulative and knows like, I might be able to get another 15, 20 minutes out of mom and dad if I ask them some questions that seem important to them. So that's what I was thinking. I was like, if we could just start a little earlier going back into her room and doing yeah. that emotional, I think she might at this age be a little more open to, you know, that conversation as opposed to the dinner table right now where we're just trying to get her to stay in her seat. You know, so. yes. It might be. Yeah, I have one of those too. <laughs> yeah, depends on your kid's age for sure. Well, if you think of others as we're talking, please share them because I, I mean, the way I learn is through practical examples versus yeah. principles. Like the principle of applying the gospel to parenting is definitely something that's very important to me, but then it's like how. And so I think practical specific examples is super helpful. And so having a couple of different kids, couple of different ages, have you found it's harder or easier to apply? the gospel in parenting at different stages? I, I'm sure all kids are different personalities play into that too. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I don't know that it's as much of an age thing as much as it is a personality yeah. and, and figuring out. And I mean, I've, I'm sure I don't have teens yet, you know, so I've got a 10, a seven and a four year old. I have been incredibly blessed not to use that cliche term, but my oldest son just loves to learn about 
anything. Mm -hmm. So he has always been a captive audience. And I realize that is a gift. But right. my other two kids are not that way. Mm -hmm. um, they learn differently. They view the world differently. And so I have found that it's the hardest of how I might share you know, gospel principles, things from the Bible with Bennett is not the way Zoe is going to get them and understand them nor is that the way that Levi is going to get them and understand them. And so for me, it hasn't been so hard with age as it has been with the different personality. That makes sense. I, I also don't that. have teenagers yet. Sure. <laughs> sure. It's like I see that with Ellie being just strong willed and wanting to be independent and in charge versus I don't know what Parker's personality is, but maybe more laid back. So like you said, personality developmental where they are and, maturity, all those things might play a bigger piece. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do think that's key with the, the earlier you start it just being a part of your life, the better. And that doesn't, again, that does not mean you have to share these, you know, crazy in-depth truths. But, you know, a woman recently said to me, the power of story is that if we went out and we just talked about um, our faith, like we do maybe with our closest Christian brother and sister, it's amazing how many times you might mention, well, I was spending time with Jesus this morning, or, you know, not a Christianese type of thing, but mm -hmm. it's just part of your daily life. And sometimes we tend to hold back mm -hmm. what we're doing with Jesus because we don't feel comfortable around people. Well, it's the same with our kids. Just right. let, you have to let it be an overflow in right. all conversations. I think like yesterday I had to apologize to Ellie and I was thinking as she gets older, that might get harder if I don't implement it early because my yeah. pride will not want to say mommy was wrong. But if I started yeah. at a young age saying mommy made a mistake, I'm sorry that it will just be natural. Like you said to our that's family, right. that that's yes. what we've done since they were little kids. How would you encourage parents that feel like they have been doing it maybe all wrong up until this point, whatever age of kids they are? And they're like, I really, you know, maybe they've just come to faith or they've realized that they haven't implemented this into their parenting or they just went to, you know, a, a conference on parenting. What would you say to encourage them if this hasn't been a piece of their parenting at this point? Yeah. Um, well, first I would say you're not alone. I think that every single per parent ever thinks they're screwing up at some time or another, or every Christian parent at some time or another wishes they would have done something differently. And there is no guarantee that your kids are going to make the choices that you want them to make. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first thing I would say. The second thing is it's never too late to start a new habit. Right. I mean, I have to do that all the time. Like mm -hmm. I would like to say, oh, we started family devotionals and we have done them every night since my children were little. But do you know mm -hmm. how many times we start something and we stop it? <laughs> then we do something else. And then, you know, it's just this constant evolving what works best for my family. What can we do right now? And so it's just mm -hmm. never too late to make a change in your family and to just start talking about little tiny things. And then the, going back to saying, I'm sorry. I mean, I am sorry goes a very long way. Mm -hmm. And I am so impressed when I look at my kids and I'm like clean slate. Yeah. You know how Jesus gives us a clean slate when we confess our sins to him and come to know him right now, you get a clean slate. 
I'm not remembering what you did anymore and you're not remembering what I did anymore. And I mean, that just goes a long way and it's something you can implement right now. Yes. I mean, it's just that part's easy. And so just make kind of think through what's one simple change Mm -hmm. I would like to make right now. It's just like anything, your fitness goals, your eating habits, your, I mean, reading habits, your work habits, whatever it may be, the way that we end up making change is just saying, I'm going to do this one little thing and I'm going to commit to doing it for a series of weeks. And so I think that's just where you have to begin. Right. And just start there, not look back at, man, we've missed it for the past, whatever many years it's now. And God can use this time to implement the love of Christ, hopefully in our kids as we move forward. I think that's good. Like don't get stuck to where you don't want to move forward just because you're trapped from, I didn't start this sooner. That's right. And sometimes I think, no matter what age your kids are, we don't give them enough credit for how much um, they can process and understand. And so there have been times where I've just sat them down and said, you know what, I don't, uh, we don't really like the way this is going in our family right now. And so here are some things that we're going to do to try to change. And we'd like for you guys to be on board with us. And that's kind of that whole family team model. It's so easy to want to individualize everybody, but really we're a team. And if anybody out there has played sports, you know that unless the team buys in, the whole team, everybody suffers. And it's the same way with family. You kind of got to give them the game plan. You've got to give them the motivational speech in order to propel you forward. And kids are pretty much, I mean, they'll get on board if they feel like there's a purpose behind what you're doing. Sure. That's awesome. I love that. Well, I would say one personal struggle that I have in parenting, especially as it relates to the gospel is discipline. And I would assume that, that there's others in that same camp. It It is, I feel like Jed does this much better than I do, but I'm with the kids more. So it's like when he's with them, he does a good job with it. But what do I do during the time that I'm with them? And I don't want to be the, you know, wait till dad gets home, mom. I want to show them the love of Christ during parenting and disciplining. Um, so any practical ideas, thoughts, how do you apply the gospel specifically in discipline, because that I'm, I'm definitely stuck there. Girl, I wish I had tons of wisdom for you, but I am so, uh, I mean, I have some tips, but I just want everyone to know I do not do this well. If anybody Mm -hmm. out there that knows me is watching, they know that I mean, like fits of rage and anger are my continual struggle that I'm continually having to confess before my children and before God and asking for, you know, sanctification in that area. So I just want to make sure everybody knows that. But the thing that has impacted me the most is some reading that I've done with Paul David Tripp and uh, Mom Set Free by Jeannie Cunyon is just this idea of it really, it seems so cheesy, but it really is a heart issue. And we, me, so often I react out of frustration because I want you to stop doing what you're doing right now because I said so. Well, do we actually do that in real life as adults? (laughs) When I think about like, when God is like, okay, I have said, don't do these things. How often do we do them? Well, it's not, it's a heart issue. It's a, I'm rebelling against authority or I don't really care or Mm -hmm. I don't think this is important. And so what has helped me is slowing down and realizing that's my kids. 
They don't even know sometimes why they're doing what they're doing. And so as much time as it takes, I feel like with discipline, discipline slowing down and just waiting till some of the anger goes away mm -hmm. and then pulling them aside and having a conversation where you're really trying to get to the heart of the, the sin issue or the disobedience issue right. is where it's at. And I, I don't think there's any easy way to do that. Right. I mean, I, like it just takes a lot of time and right. sometimes you're going to screw up. When I love Paul David Tripp says, it's like, are you upset with your child because they broke God's law or they just didn't obey your rule or structure or the way you wanted your day to go? Like, that's right. And it, that's convicting to think they're getting in the way of what I had planned today. And that's where my anger comes from versus they've disobeyed God. Like our heart needs to change for our kids, like that we're really here to help save them from themselves. Like their biggest issue is themselves and we've got to help. And I loved, he said too, I think in the parenting book or at his parenting conference, just like, why are we so frustrated with our kids for kind of giving us this constant reminder that they need Jesus, like them <laughs> just being kids and disobeying and needing us to remind them of the gospel and to remind them how much we love them and how much God loves them in the midst of their sin. Why do we keep getting frustrated instead looking at that as an opportunity of God saying, I love your child so much. Yeah. I'm giving you opportunity after opportunity to display that to them. Yeah. And it's like, I just don't see it that way in the midst. It's like the fit of rage and anger that they've come in the way of my idol. Essentially, it yes. might be productivity, um, my plan, whatever my idol is in that moment, they've butted heads with it. And now I am reacting out of the anger of my idol being shaken a bit. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like I get so angry so fast that a lot mm -hmm. of times, I mean, I got to put myself in timeout, right? Like, yeah. Mama's got to walk away for a few minutes and get myself together because sometimes kids also learn that they can push your buttons because they know you're a reactor. And so that way it gets turned back around on us. And then I'm going back to them saying, I'm sorry, because I overreacted. Um, and so trying to take the big picture view, sometimes I just have to completely remove myself from the situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'll be saying these little breath prayers of, you know, Lord, guide me, Lord, give me wisdom, Lord, you know, as I'm mm -hmm. going into a situation, because it is so easy, depending upon your personality to be like, oh, like, why do we do this all the time? Right. So I just don't think there's this quick fix right. to discipline. Honesty then, with your kids is, is always the best thing. When I think too, and I share this with Jed, it's like, it's a, it's it, the day can feel like we're just not making much progress. And it's like, we're, we're fighting the same battles multiple times throughout the day. And he keeps telling you, you've got to be consistent. You've got to follow through with the, you know, the consequence that you shared. Yeah. Um, and, be, the consistency, because I was like, you know, Ellie will say, don't tell daddy. And I'm like, does she just think I'm a big wuss? Like, and he was like, yeah, yeah I think she does. <laughs> you know, like you've got to follow through so that she knows that you're a respectable authority figure in her life too. Um, and I just said, I feel like I would be spanking her all day long or she'd spend her whole day in time out if I actually followed through on every single consequence. So Again, that's where I just wanted to share like this is a, a hard journey, but 
I think it has a lot to do with us realizing our idols. If we can figure that out. And then, like you said, the practical tip of just walking away, removing yourself, letting the anger dissipate so that you can think a little bit clearer and not have a big regret of, gosh, I handled that terribly. But then if you do to go back and make it right with your kid, like that's That's right. Don't harbor it forever. (laughs) Right. Well, and how old is Ellie again? She's, is she younger than Levi? Yeah. She'll turn four at the end of the summer. Yeah. So um, it's consistency is key, but I'll tell you what, man, toddlers, whoo, they, they just, they're testers. They just push and push and push. And I will say something that um, we've used with all three kids to various levels is we choose virtues and um, you can get that online. They have curriculum, but I haven't used their curriculum or anything, but there's this little poster that's about this big and I laminated it and everything. And it has virtues on it. Like, you know, what kindness means versus being rough. And it, you know, it says, I will not be rough, harsh, or rude. Um, And then it's like, I will be kind, gentle. And I mean, I've had my kids just go up to that to help them identify the behavior when they're really young. And basically like read that out loud with me so that they begin to realize, oh, like I am being very, harsh with my words. And I've even had my kids come back to me at times and be like, mom, I think you need to read the chart. You're being harsh with your words. And it's true. It's true though, because when I read them, sometimes it's convicting for me. So it's not a guilt type of thing. It's more of sometimes we need to be able to put words to actually what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And you don't even realize it a lot of times until you read it. Yes. And so that's something that when they were toddlers, I have found extremely helpful. I love it. Well, you've mentioned them. So my last question was just any resources you would recommend. So you said the parenting book by Paul David Tripp. Yeah. Was it setting mom bomb? So it's mom set free by Jeannie Cunyon. Um, I interviewed her a while back too. Maybe I I should have put some of these links out here for you, but yeah, that's just a great book about, you know, taking yourself, get off the guilt trip. Okay. You know, like, because we can just feel so guilty. Right. Any other books or resources you recommend? I mean, not just so much for reading, but I will say if your family teams is a great resource and that is an organization, it is a paid organization, but they also have a lot of stuff on Instagram. That's just free resources. And they just, their model is so wonderful. And, so I would say, you know, if you're on social media, you can follow them. Um, even on Facebook, they have a free um, website that's just super helpful or page, I should say. And then, of course, the We Choose Virtues is a great place to look. And um, I mean, again, I mentioned the devotional dippers. And so I would look those up if you have little kids. If you have a wide range of kids, like it works really well because we have four, seven and 10 yeah. and we can kind of go as deep or as shallow as we want. So those That's are some awesome. of the things I would recommend. Well, I'm going to look into all of those. Those all sound amazing and great and helpful. So thank you so much for just spending a little bit of time yeah. talking about what this looks like for you and your family. I want to implement some things and share how it's going once we do so that I can share that with you. But thanks everyone who did listen. I hope this was helpful. If you have questions, reach out to Amber and I, what is the best way for them to find you podcast grace enough? They'll, they can look you up there. Right. Is that the best? Yeah, I mean, grace enough podcast. You can listen to anywhere, Um, Pandora, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Stitcher. It's, it's everywhere. And then, um, 
We love to connect with people on social media. So that is Facebook and Instagram at Amber underscore Grace Enough Podcast. So thanks yeah. for having me, Ashley. Absolutely. Well, I'll look forward to seeing you soon. And thank you for all your time today. All right. You too. Right. Thank you. See you. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend. Subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home where it all begins.